are the creatures of the night. What beautiful music they make. Ah. Oh, visitors, please enter freely and unafraid. Welcome to a very special spooktacular month of horror at Have Movies Feel Game. In this podcast, we pick the darkest, scariest, and creepiest movies, and we talk about what made them great before we give you, the listener, ideas on how you can play them in your role-playing group. And best of all, one of these movies, my beautiful, beautiful guest, one of these movies will be voted on to determine which game goes on to star in its own full video of actual play. Ah, now, my sweet guest, now we will go on with the show. <laughs> so, um, is there some particular rule that I'm not aware of that every... Like one out of every five '80s hero has to be named Decker, but he wasn't the hero. Oh wait, like in, in the '80s though, Decker was a thing. That that was a thing. But if you notice, his name was Philip K. Decker. Yeah, I know. I got and that. You, you, yeah. you caught the references. Okay, good. Yeah, androids dream of fucking long-winded prose. Do androids yes. dream of David Cronenberg movies? Because <laughs> if they do, he's not those, that good of an actor. Those those, but he's. Cronenberg. I don't care. He does. Who cares if he's a good actor? Wait, who was Cronenberg? Cronenberg. He, he was the. He was the bargain the, basement scarecrow looking guy. He, Cronenberg oh, is for the God king sakes. of body horror. He was horrible. Have you ever watched that episode of Rick and Morty with the Cronenberg? Yeah, it's all Cronenberg. That was, yeah, that's that Cronenberg. I did not get the reference. Yeah, that's that, was, that it's Cronenberg. Referencing him. He's a very prolific director. Oh, he's a director. I don't know. Well, if that's you good because he's prolific. like a piss poor actor. He's an extremely <laughs> well known director. If you're into any Directing, kind of body maybe. horror, you've, then you you're into Cronenberg. But man, yeah. when when he started talking, and I know he was going for soft and menacing, but he just came off bored. Yeah, I he mean, did. He also came off like he wanted to sleep with his patient. He did creepy very well. Yeah, it, like, I just like, I just got over tonight. Pedophile it's creepy. I need to see yeah. you. It's it's important. Yeah. Come over tonight. Yeah, he he Boone, had the right come over face tonight. for it. Oh, by the by, uh, I'm Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And this is Have Movies Will Game. This week, we are doing Nightbreed from 1990. Oh, God. Yeah. It, I didn't. I don't know why you made me watch this movie again. I, I actually thought we were doing with the Stephen King movie that was like the Night Flyer, the, the vampire. This, this was okay. It this wasn't. Is, it wasn't. Bad. It had some redeeming was, moments, but this it has is some one moments of where my, it could have done so much better. This is one of my top I, I ten under, favorite. I understand movies of all it's time. one of your top ten yep. favorite really? movies, but why? You know, I just what, what about I feel this to me you? that this is the pinnacle. Like this is the epitome of what for me defines Clive, the Clive Barker movie experience. Some people swear by Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the Nightbreed. See, I like Lord of Illusions. That's my. I'm a fan of Hellraiser. I well, so a, am I, but I like Lord of Illusions. Even though Lord of Illusions, Lord of Illusions was terrible. Like a five-page <laughs> short story. Yeah. Well, the movie this is was great. more than five-page short story, but essentially, yeah. This, to me, I'm also a big fan of Clive Barker's Aberat series, and this, to me, is the closest thing to the re- realization of a lot of the creatures in the Aberat world, especially the, the creatures of the Midnight Hour. It's... Uh, but there's another reason I love this movie, yeah, and specifically because I also love the game that we're going to be talking about in a bit, which okay. is the game designed 
for this movie. All right. Yeah, there was also there was a comic book series and a video game that was also made for this, and meh. But I mean, no, I mean it, it really had potential. I, I like some of the overlaying themes of like uh, once again it, this this kind of reminded me of probably inspiration for Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I can see that because it's all a big misunderstanding. No one is the villain, and if if there is a villain, it's what you're going to naturally guess would be the hero, like the poor college kids and the thing. No, humanity is obviously the hero, right? Human, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem that I had with it, it, it was like as each act like came to a close, the next act is like a completely different director or production company picked up the reins and decided to go with it because it went from this, you know, the 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 Nightbreed group and everything that they're standing for and they're striving for to this backwater. We have more ammunition and guns than. Every single L.A. police department, and we're going to use it. And the guy turned in, the head police officer turned into someone that was out of, like, full metal jacket or something. As a resident, former resident of Deep, deep State, Alabama. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that's just a neighborhood. That's just say, a neighborhood. I come from the Tulis myself. That's a militia okay. right okay. there. I've, yeah. I've, I've thrown a hand grenade. Even the guy <laughs> was like, and we got our, our fathers here, grenade launcher. I was like, come on. Yeah, yeah. You're, okay. you're a city boy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I no, I, I, I'm, I'm with Nathaniel on that. I that, mean, I go, I go camping, I go out, but I, I was born. Those in, people are camping right next to you, and you don't even know it. And I they're usually very nice, and they're we'll usually feed very you nice. if, you, if you didn't bring your food. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. I just no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that that, that that's not unrealistic. <laughs> that I thought was actually one of the least unrealistic parts. Of I know the movie. they're like, come on, <laughs> boys, like, and open, the good old boys are like, yeah, up the shed, and it's like, like I was expecting to see like you know they're. Their great granddad's fucking howitzer no, no, no. That, somewhere that, in there. That was the police armory. I know. I liked the cheese wire. Garot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy was awesome. He was. He He's, was just. He, uh, he was totally into that moment of just showcasing the different weapons we're going to use yeah. against them. Yeah. And if all goes south, there's always the good old garot. It's like, oh my he god. He even licked uh, it. He like did. he licked oh. it. He licked it like like it was his lover. Like it was it was, it was weird. I will say this: one thing I really liked about the movie was both uh, the music, which was Danny Elfman. Yep, and the sound design was first rate. Oh yeah, uh, there the, was. Good I normally stuff complain about sound design. <laughs> all of oh yeah, all of the sounds, but there like was everything good was stuff, there. But the movie as a whole was bad. It was like, no, it wasn't bad. It was it was okay. Tink. To call Nightbreed a, cr- a critical and commercial flop would be putting it lightly. No. No, yeah. No, I mean, wh- why it, did you hate it? I mean, I, we know why he likes the, it. The, the, the you know why I think it's okay. The, 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 the pacing, for one, the matte painting. I think, well, they got the guy that, that did the matte painting for all the, the Star Wars Empire and Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And it looked horrible. It was second rate. The acting was second rate. In my, I mean, it would no. It was like fifth rate acting. And my, they got the Josh Brolin, not Josh Brolin actor for Josh Brolin. Was he born then? Yeah, he was in Goonies. Yeah, oh. he was also really young. Yeah, I know, but he looks like is the actor that looks and sounds just like Josh Brolin. That, that actor actually looks and sounds exactly like one of my best friends, good friends. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. Your second boyfriend's cousin. <laughs> yeah. A, a friend of a friend of mine from Atlanta who mm-hmm. I've hung out with many times since he's come here to visit me, whose name is also Nathan, okay. who is a DJ, but they have the same face. And Nathan, if you're listening, you need to go back and rewatch Nightbreed 
and facepalm yourself. Your and face, don't you? I will agree. He face was, that looks to like me, that character, that actor alone was like the weakest part of the movie. I thought his performance was weaker than Cronenberg's. I'm, I'm sorry, who, who who are we talking about? I don't no know. name Josh Brolin Yeah, wannabe. Craig yeah. Sheffer. I don't know who Josh he was, he was Brolin is. He was playing, uh, he, he's the older brother in Goonies, Josh Brolin. He's also playing Cable Again, in the new X-Men it. movie. He was in Bunraku. Did you see that one? Oh, uh, he played movie. George W. Bush in W. Did you not nope. see that? Why are you doing this podcast? Well, who again? who is he in? Because I like games. Or maybe oh, who is he, he was in the movie? He, he was oh he was Aaron Boone. He the was, he was oh. the protagonist. Cabal. Oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> Why are you comparing him to the to all these other guys? He looked like what's his button? Fucking Dirty Dancing. Patrick, Patrick Swayze? Swayze? Yeah, that's, that's what he looked like <laughs> to yeah, me. Actually, I will say, even though like now I yeah, look at him and think Josh Brolin wannabe, yeah. thinking of that era he, in he time, looks exactly yeah. Patrick, like Patrick Swayze, Swayze. wannabe. He well, was, yeah, well, this movie came out in yeah. 1990, I mean, so pre- it was right around... Patrick Swayze. It was right around the Aww. same time as uh, what Roadhouse. Poor Patrick. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roadhouse, the movie every bouncer beats off to every With night. The, did you ever see the sequel to that movie? No. Oh god, why? I barely saw there's Roadhouse. There's a sequel. Yeah, there's a sequel to Roadhouse. It's supposed to be his kid. Yeah, that takes okay. up clubhouse, like, <laughs> tree fort, street house. Can I come in your tree fort? No. So nice. Avenue <laughs> building. Oh my god. Condo. <laughs> That's part three. He's all bungalow. <laughs> Nightbreed is a tale of Aaron Boone, a man played plagued by dreams of murders. He's convinced he has committed. But he finds relief in other recurring dreams he has about a place called Midian, a place where the monsters live and where his, his sins will be forgiven. But really, it's a travesty of just celluloid in general, even by my standards. Less than 15 minutes into this movie, I'm That's thinking... so mean, Dusty. <laughs> I'm no. thinking Decker did it. Less than 15. I, I paused the oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Within a couple like... of minutes. Yeah. The moment he gives him the drugs. <laughs> oh, like, no. Oh, no. Way did. before that. that the was moment like he 25 gets the minutes. phone call. Yeah. So I'm like, like, oh, he's setting him up. Palpatine's behind it all. Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 you were starting to say about how much I didn't like. This, this is kind of like Matthew not liking Valerian. That whole like spiel of him not liking Valerian. Honestly, Dusty, you didn't really like Valerian that much either. There and was, it was pretty evident in the episode. Yeah. yeah I know. You wanted there, to I like Valerian. I really wanted to Do not compare this to that. <laughs> At least this Honestly, didn't cost I, how I, many billion dollars I to didn't, make. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. No, this, I mean or, this had slightly less humor than say uh, I think Army it had, of Darkness. I think it had unintended humor. But it, no, it, I think there oh, was intended humor. Intended humor. Yeah. yeah, intended or unintended. Oh yeah, it was written. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some. It's but Clive, I think it's I think a Clive Barker movie. It always is going to have this. Kind I think of the stuff humor. that was that was supposed to be serious was unintentionally funny. Like I know you guys were trying to be serious and make horror, but. Then it turned out funny and not so like no not porcupine. She was awesome. No, oh. no, I mean no. porcupine tits was it just, great. It, it just tentacle fatty felt, was great. I want to see that on the IMDb. <laughs> it felt <laughs> cluttered and <laughs> yes. incoherent. The whole thing to me, it did. It did, but keep in mind we just watched the director's cut as well. The crazy d- face dude. Uh, yeah, he was nice. He was good. Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, what was the the devil Rastafarian? Oh, por- begins with a P. Portmanteau? Not Portmanteau. No, not Portmanteau. Par- Parlin. I don't know. Him. The one who you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was the best. I, I, I liked his lines. Yeah. I, I think I thought they were fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked like the overdubbing they had, you know, yeah. the voice synthesizing yeah. on yeah. on his. That was that's I really did like that character. I, I think mean, that granted, one... I agree. It's no big trouble in Little China. No, this is true. Or but the it, thing. It's it was it was it was all right. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I've seen way worse than this. I've seen way worse than this. For this podcast, Dusty. 
<laughs> you still Your talking point? about Valerian? I'm still talking about Valerian. <laughs> but yeah, Dusty, why don't you tell us some more facts before I rip this uh, a new one? <laughs> I expect you to join me on this rip, too. Yeah, yeah. You uh, rip, honestly, I'm fine with ripping as much on as, this. Yeah. This is one of my ten oh, favorite no, the, the, movies. This, this particular point, though, I think you'll agree with me. Well, I will say, this is one of my ten favorite movies, but I also do admit that a lot of it is nostalgia. I saw this when I was ten. I've is this a guilty pleasure movie for you? Oh no! I I thought this this movie got me into Clive Barker and introduced me to his stories, and then I followed that up and came back and watched it over and over again. And I was like really into it when the Cabal cut came out. I don't know if you have any mind facts on the the whole backstory behind why the Cabal cut exists and what Clive Barker's feelings about the original cut were. Well, you see, after the bad, Desti- yeah. in Destiny, after you defeat the Fallen, you have to deal with the Cabal, and it's very important. <laughs> but I will, I will say... Jessica's over there trying hard not to laugh. <laughs> we, As much as you hated this movie, mm-hmm. and I, as much as I love this movie, I will say that I don't think this movie is perfect. No. And there are many aspects of this movie that I can also rip apart. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, Matthew. You commented about the, the Cabal cut. And, yeah, uh, initially, Clive Barker, he, he, you know, he wrote and directed this off of, off of his novella, that which is the, of, the, of the name Cabal. And the production company said, well, we need, basically, we need more explosions. We don't like this. We don't like that. We don't like this. We're going to change some things. I'm a fan of more and explosions. And they cut it down from almost two and a half hours down to like an hour and 45 minutes. So the Cabal cut is what Clive Barker actually directed, the whole thing. You know, I would have thought they left actually more on the cutting room floor. (laughs) Fun fun fact is we did not actually watch the special Cabal cut. Mm -hmm. I think only 500 people have seen that. Just the director's cut. We just watched the director's version of that. The the Cabal cut... Which has a different ending, correct? We watched the the alternate ending. Yeah. But the Cabal cut is two and a half hours long. And when when Nightbreed was put in production, it apparently was supposed to be part of a trilogy about the monsters of Midian. Clive Barker was now saddled with a major Hollywood distributor and a decent budget, because for Hellraiser, he only had a $1 million budget. And for this, they gave him $11 million. So... 10,000 of that was the box. Probably. But he didn't have the control that he had with Hellraiser. He had to let he had to give more for getting all that mu- that much more money. So, uh, yeah, Fox had Barker contractually obligated to deliver an R-rated film, which meant that the more gory set pieces had to be trimmed. But more than that, the major issue was the runtime. Like I said, he went from that two and a half hour film that Fox wanted. And he had to cut an hour down to it. Sucks. Right, right. So, uh, even though it was tonally inconsistent and switching from a di- uh, disturbing slasher film to a near kitty friendly fantasy cinema, it just. Hey, kids deserve their slash too. So, we have Craig Sheffer playing Aaron Boone, or Ka- and also known as Cabal, uh, who was turned into a Nightbreed. He was also. Jeez, spoilers, Dusty. <laughs> Cabal? They don't name him that until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> then, of course, is the Red Cabal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to redo that one? No, nah, no, okay. keep going. I'm just uh, he was also in A River Runs Through It, Voyage of the Rock Aliens, and Some Kind of Wonderful. Quality. What is Voyage quality of the Rock <laughs> Aliens? <laughs> I want to watch that It sounds movie. like, a, a, like a, a, almost like a Mars Attacks like video game that I would love it, to play. It sounds like the kind of movie that all you need to do is just go the rest of your life knowing that it exists. Never look it up. Never watch it. Because I guarantee you, what you think it is is probably way better than what it really is. True, but Ice Pirates sounds very similar, but it was good. I know, but that's a, it's a once-in-a-dream situation. I don't think... That's fair. Voyage of the... I'm sorry, what was it called? 
Voyage, Voyage of the, of Rock, the Rock, Alien Rock Aliens is cool enough to have space herpes. It sounds like a really cool band like that I would go see. No, it I sounds like that. a 60s fusion acid metal band. And that's not really cool. I do like 60s fusion. At... No, I don't. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> no, what am I talking about? His alignment. What do you think? Him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He made one moral choice during the whole thing. And he had yeah, to be forced true. into it. I don't. I don't care. He to me is the weakest link of this movie. Yeah, he's hard, an NPC. Yeah. He's. I think really? he is. You think, the, you think the lead of the movie is an NPC? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, the story is. I mean, he he's the, the vehicle for the story. But if I was playing this as a game, mm-hmm. especially as where the the movie leaves us, he mm-hmm. would he would be played by the DM. Yeah, I think okay. this is basically the the Anakin Skywalker rise to power kind of thing. Like he is. Well, at this least is, Anakin had a series of choices, though he I know. didn't. What I'm saying know? is, this is the whole mm-hmm. behind the scene. So we're going to play a game, and that game is going to be us, and this guy's going to be the quest giver. This is yeah, his story. Yeah. The story okay, of the I, quest I will giver. Say this. I, I'll, I'll go with Chaotic Good, okay. just because I didn't see him making that many tough decisions, You know, any, anything that would give me a read on his alignment. Okay. One, he was faced with a conundrum to defeat the bad guy or save his girlfriend, and he did choose to go back and, was it his girlfriend? Yeah, save his girlfriend. Yeah. From the other night breed. Yeah. So I, that might be like the one moral decision I think he made. And for yeah. that, I would say good. But for the rest of his actions, definitely kind of a chaotic dude. Okay. Yeah, he was just kind of buffeted around. He didn't really make a lot of decisions. Yeah. Then we have Anne Bobby as Lori Winston, his oh. girlfriend, who was in The Go Pickup on. Artist with Robert Downey Jr., born on the 4th of July with Tom Cruise. But I think Poor most girl. people probably know her as the voice of Bridget Tenenbaum in the Bioshock game series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd say lawful good. I didn't see her do anything bad. Lawful? Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, she didn't do anything chaotic. Broke a boyfriend out of jail. It was a bad jail, but it was still jail. Yeah, that was a really bad jail, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, beat you down in the cells kind of jail. I didn't see anything on lawful interactions. I would. And you, you say mo- most people are, are lawful good, and I'd say she falls into the most person. Yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying mentally to nitpick it, but I can't. There weren't a lot of moral choices made in this movie. It was, and then we have, as we talked about a little bit, a little bit, little bit ago, David Cronenberg, fucking David Cronenberg, as Nathaniel said, a prolific director. <clears throat> he played Doctor Philip K. Decker, who is an homage to Philip K. Dick and Deckard from Blade Runner, the psychotherapist who doubles, spoiler, as the masked serial killer. I really liked that mask. Yeah, it was all right. It was, it was a cool, cool mask. Yeah. I mean, it was a gimp mask that had been. You know, changed. Made out of like a gunny sack. I know. Yeah. But it had the zipper on the mouth. So well, on the, actually on the, on the side yeah. of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, the little <laughs> buttons. How did he see? <laughs> Therein is a quick, excellent question. <laughs> uh, a few notable movies. I mean, he uh, has a lot of movies he's been in also, just in little bit parts. Uh, a few notable ones. Jason X, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. And, That's a good one. And Videodrome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Meatloaf said the same thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> One of the best-selling rock and roll albums of all time, I think. If not the best, definitely one of. Uh, Bad Out of Hell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Hayde as police oh, no, captain. No, no, hold on. We're going oh. to go back to Cronenberg here. He just chaotic evil. Okay. Defi- chaotic evil. I would I would definitely... Or neutral evil. Third. What? Evil third? No, I agree. Chaotic, chaotic. evil. Yeah, he was unpredictable, and I didn't yeah. actually see any rhyme or reason to his, to his no. methods. He no, was just I mean, trying he, to he, sow there, there chaos. There was a moment where he almost had it, 
Yeah. And then it fell apart, which to me is indicative of chaos. I, so. I did want to know more about, because he made comment that he was uh, a hunter for the breeder, the night breeders. So, like, how? Where did that come from? Was that, like, a family thing? Or Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I was. That was something that I was like, oh, hey, this is a great backstory that would have been great to pepper a little bit more If there was a story with. to go with it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Matthew, I'm surprised that you did not know David Cronenberg. I don't know if you did, Dusty. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised. I'm, I'm I'm actually surprised Why? that I'm not you a movie did not. Buff. But, but these are the kind of movies that just seem to me like the kind of movies that you would like. Oh no, not Cronenberg's films. Are there no spaceships in it? Did you ever see <laughs> A History of Violence? No. Oh man, Naked Lunch. Yes, it's a Cronenberg movie. The Mogwams. Twelve. Weird. Speaking of the <laughs> Mogwams, there's a Mogwam currently at Movie Madness, and right now there is a Kickstarter up. In order to get the Hollywood theater to purchase Movie Madness, one of the largest movie stores that remains in this country. It's worth checking out, just for the memorabilia collection alone. Yeah, it's practically a museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Mogwam is really freaking cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any of that. <sighs> it's Cronenberg. Rick and Morty. Okay. The Cronenberg world. That's all right. Oh, God, you guys are killing me. I don't need all the referential material. No. I mean, <laughs> I like I like him as a director. Okay, I think right. he's a good actor. I'm no, he was a piss poor. He, he was terrible. <laughs> yeah, actually, however, I still think that he was better at being evil than Boone was at being good. I found him at least a slightly more interesting, compelling. No, he was like a bargain basement villain. He but really at least was. that was something. Boone wasn't really likable or relatable. Now the sheriff, yeah, that was a good villain. He was pretty good. Yeah. Tell us about the sheriff, Dusty. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles Hayde, who played police captain Eigerman. Excuse who, me, captain. That's why I said police captain Eigerman. Yeah, I said sheriff. We said that's sheriff. I said excuse oh, me, Oh, okay, captain. okay. Dusty, uh, why are you always fucking up? Why you got to fuck up the fuck uh, ups of the fuck up? I'm going to sit here judge you eating the food you brought for me. Thank you. <laughs> Where's my knife? Is it far away from him? Okay. I got one right over here if you need it. Seriously. <laughs> Look. <laughs> no, I said sheriff. Oh, okay. Uh, he's an NPC. In my, I mean, he's just an NPC. Yeah, he's a bruiser a NPC. One. NPCs have alignments, though. Yeah, but he's just. And yeah, I, I didn't go too far into him. We because typically he don't an, do that, though. Yeah, he's an NPC. Fucking evil. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hugh Quarshy as Detective Joyce. Um, he's had a, a couple good. No- he was the he was the detective that. Got killed. Yeah, they got killed at the end when when um, Cronenberg looked, brought out. We're, we're the, talking about the uh, the black guy, right? His yeah. face looked familiar. Yeah, he was in Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. He was a pilot there it for. Is. Okay, uh, and yes, I brought Star Wars into it. Um, he was also heavy in Red Dwarf, one of your favorite televisions. Wait, wait, wait. Was that Cat? Say the name again. Red Dwarf. No. The, oh, the Hugh Corshi. Who was he in Red Dwarf? I got to know. Was that Cat? No, I no, that's not Cat. Didn't look like him. Doesn't have the cheekbones. <laughs> Or the sexiness. Or the sexiness. Wow! Yeah. He actually, okay, so in Red Dwarf, he plays the computer voice. Oh. Emo Hawk Polymorph the Second. I have forgotten that show a lot of, of the, it, uh, so it's been a long time. It wasn't any of the holograms. Huh, okay. He was also in MacGyver, Lost Treasure of Atlantis. No idea. Shakespeare, The Animated Tales. Never. The Glam that sounds Metal like an abortion. Detectives. 
Whoa, it was a TV whoa, whoa, series. whoa, 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 whoa. This yep. is a thing? Yes, the Glam Metal Detectives. What year was that? That was 1995. Okay, I have to find this. A sketch it. show that had an effect that you were channel surfing with each sketch being a spoof program on a, on a different fake channel. Oh, intergalactic television. Basically, oh, that sounds yes. early years. It that sounds, sounds way less interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It sounds... I want to watch a show about glam metal detectives, <laughs> not a sketch so, comedy. So do show. I. Yeah, that kind of more like uh, Jim. So that's why we should start a show called "The Real Glam Metal Detectives" <laughs> and actually be about glam metal detectives. Uh, and then he was also in Highlander. We have to put a, a name in it, though, of of Portland or something like that. The glam metal detectors of Portland. Yes, detectives. That's what I said. You said detectors. Your mom's a detector. Okay. So anyway, moving on. Uh, and then we had Hugh Ross as Narcisse, the nightbreed with the the guy that cut, was trying to cut his face off. Uh, he was in Train Spotting, uh, The Iron Lady, Patriot Games, and Bronson, to he name a few. He is one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think he was one of the more likable characters. I mean, besides the the sleep kisses, sleep yeah, kisses, a little, yeah, yeah. You know, the it, it was implied, not shown, but apparently, while she was unconscious, he got a little rapey. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. likable, huh? Okay, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Well, the character is. I mean, I'm, I'm all in favor, but there has to be a safe word, and I don't think he stopped to get her safe word. <sighs> yeah, that was a little weird. And then we have Doug Bradley as Dirk Lylesberg. Uh He was the the one that saved their acolyte and the, the lawgiver. Yeah. yeah, he's most notable for playing. The voice of the Sith Emperor in Star Wars: The Old Republic video game. Mm. Also, really, also even more notable than that is he plays Pinhead from all the Hellraiser movies. Actually, in the movies, yeah, he's, oh, okay. he's Pinhead. Yeah, yeah, Bradley. yeah, yeah. I totally saw that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that. he does the voices for the uh, Sith Emperor and the Emperor in the uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, which was kind of cool. Initially, Rutger Hauer and Christopher Lambert were both considered for the part of Boone before they casted Craig Sheffer. And I don't think Rutger Hauer would have pulled it off because in 1990 he was kind of on the I downside. I don't see her being Christopher Lambert's girlfriend. I can, I can see Christopher Lambert. No, he that was because he was coming off of Highlander. Highlander was just a few years prior. Yeah, he already looked a little old. He already looked point. a little old and decrepit in Highlander. She, she's too young and fresh. She yeah. still has that baby fat on her face. Okay. I mean, now, yeah. who was the main guy in Lost Boys? That was yeah. uh, Kiefer Sutherland. No, no, no. He was the vampire. Who was the main character? No, no, no. Oh, I, I know who you're talking the about. I can't think Michael? about it, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. He would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. He would have probably been really good. Same character. Pretty much. Basically the same fucking character, actually. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah. Hollywood does that? No. You shut your know. mouth. No, I never watch movies. <laughs> it was directed by Clive Barker, as we've already talked about, who also did Lord of Illusions, Hellraiser, The Forbidden, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Salam, which was a short that he did. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the cinematography that you really liked. Nope. We talked about the sound design. Sound design. That's right. That was Danny Elfman. Now, uh, if, if you like the cinematography, <laughs> we could talk about that. No, I really but. didn't. I was a little confused on the, the guy that did the cinematography. His name is Robin uh, Vigen. Vid, vid, vidigon. Vid, vididi, vid, <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> exactly. Principal vagina, possibly <laughs> Swedish, no relation. <laughs> uh, he did the cinematography for Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, the Never Ending Story Three, The Fly Two. Uh, you know the these best. are all Oscar, you know, nominated. Who's oh yeah. But so, did what, he, which no, no, Land no. Before Time did he? Do? But the thing that <laughs> <laughs> the thing that bothered me, I was like, wait, you 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 cut your teeth on being a cameraman for Raiders of the Lost Ark. You you you. Got did you it. learn nothing? Apparently, he did not. 
He had one job, and he did not learn anything on Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was okay. It wasn't inspiring. I, d- I didn't see any particular hard shots. No. I saw a lot of static shots. Yeah. And I saw way too much shaky cam. Even for that for that time, because there wasn't a lot of shows that did shaky cam at that point. That was obnoxious. But I don't it's always know, obnoxious. I don't know if it was, it was particularly shaky cam obnoxious. because they didn't have, it wasn't just stable, or if they were trying to, like, get up in there. It was 1990. Steady cams existed. Okay. Uh, you did like the musical score. It was that Danny Elfman who... Yeah, that's Danny Elfman. Yeah, he's done Justice League, Avengers, Age of Ultron, American Hustle, Men in Black, Beetlejuice, Mars Attacks, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Every Tim Burton Yeah, yeah. How, how about <laughs> fucking... What, what did you lead off that list The with? Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. Danny I know. He's, fucking he's Elfman. Lead, yeah, lead, lead singer of Oingo Boingo. Yeah, I know. There's. <laughs> do you know how long his resume is? Uh, it goes into a second page. I know that. Yeah, I didn't want to start listing everything. I and mean, that's so. some twelve point font. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gonna in the cut content <laughs> at high speeds, like the micro machine guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what was what was one of the things that that you didn't like about the movie? You were, you said you were oh her riff song, uh, Lori. Really, you didn't like her song? Did you listen to no, the not lyrics? really? No, awful. I didn't. It it's basically awful. about a a guy treating her like shit, and that if she can just love him enough, she can change him. So that there is that, no way that song would have passed whole, today. That's the whole thing of the movie, basically. No, no, no. Her song, Johnny, get angry, Johnny, get mad. Show me that you care. Did anyone else catch those lyrics? Yeah, the lyrics okay, were I did. terrible. No, I one hundred percent with you on that. Johnny, I thought she was beat me, Johnny. Thought, this is yeah, abusers in hell. I thought her face. I thought her performance, like performance. Her, her voice was fine. I thought. I the thought song she, itself. Everything that would about not it looked really cool. Today. Could you imagine but, that? Like the fifth or sixth what time Twitter I saw it, I would finally do with was that? like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to these lyrics." Oh, 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 no, honey. No, <laughs> there is absolutely no way that that movie would have flown that way. Right now, it would have gotten groups. Twitter would have had a fucking collective what aneurysm. What? Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? You're right. Fifty Shades of Gray. Jesus. Yeah, but that 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 is nothing but a personification that, of a that was glamorization of abuse. That that wasn't an everyday either. That wasn't an everyday girl next door specifically cast for that. Or was the main it? I don't character know. is very specifically an everyday character. I don't know. I've never watched it. <laughs> like, when I want porn, I'll just go watch porn. I don't need this this half uh-huh. in between no, shit. No, that, that kind of shit will continue happening in its own <laughs> special way, and it will keep happening forever as long as we have the standards that we have in Hollywood. Anyway, it's I just like the song. And it's not a good thing. And it was an awful song. Yeah. yeah. I liked the tune, but once you listen to the lyrics, it suddenly ruins it, the whole thing. Also, thumb knives are stupid. Yeah. But they look cool. They do not. They weren't even uh, sharpened. They were like completely dull. They were like talons. No, that, that close up? That, yeah. It like, was... I, I, there's a sharper butter knife on this table right now. They were like talons. Could, could you imagine trying to flense yourself? Listen, with dude, I was 10 and that shit was cool. <laughs> Initially, Clive Barker had I, I don't I don't know if you know the history on this had envisioned it to be a trilogy. Um, oh, I I think I got that. There was definitely an unfinished it was feel. Clearly to it. setting yeah. itself up for multiple movies. Yeah, he wanted to have a three picture deal uh, with Morgan Creek, and uh, that included in an in an adaptation of the Son of Celluloid and the sequel to Nightbreed. Oh, by the by, Morgan Creek, 
I have never heard of that production company. Oh, really? Since. No, they're they're a rather large production company. Are they? Yeah, never fucking day. heard of them. Yeah, uh, it was filmed between March and June of 1989, and had a budget of 11 million dollars, which was a massive increase over the one million that he was awarded for. Wow, Hellraiser. that's all right. I'll take some of that back for that amount of money. That was a decent job. 11 million is nothing. Opening even weekend. then, 1990, right? Yeah, 89 yeah. was it when it was filmed. Well, it was filmed in 89, released in 90, uh, and not adjusting for inflation. These are some of the other movies that cost that same amount: Pet Cemetery, uh, Gremlins, Doctor Zhivago, Cruel Intentions, Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One, Army of Darkness, Saw Five, and Star Wars: A New Hope. Those all cost 11 million dollars. So, if you're looking, comparing like. How the film looks to those other movies, this falls way below the bar of $11 million. Cruel Intentions, dude. Cruel Intentions didn't have the body horror of Nightbreed. It had better cinematography. Cruel Intentions was a terrible film. It had better actors. Can I share something I wrote as I was watching this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I quote myself. I swear to God I'm the last person in the world with a machete. For fuck's sakes, when I see characters blindly walk into dangerous places with no tools and no plan... My sympathies immediately turn to the monsters. <laughs> I think monsters you made a comment great. about a machete uh, the last couple of... Uh, well, you did with, with um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just bring a hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of that. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to write it myself one of these days. Yeah. But just a, a, a tactically sound, well-thought-out thing where the zombies or the monsters attack and just get obliterated. I just, yeah, no. <laughs> I just didn't really like this movie. I just, I mean, most of it I didn't like. There oh, was it was okay. Stuff. There was good points to it. There was there was some redeeming qualities, but overall, the line when when they're, when they're leaving the first time, run for your life, stupid. <laughs> oh <my laughs> you know the 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 shapeshifter kid that was left out in the sun that was like, it's gonna die, and then they say no more than like eight lines later, oh, it, it, she won't die. I'm like, you know what I wrote after make that? Up your mind. What? Well, at least the shrink has a machete. <laughs> that was it was funny because the scene where uh Boone like he he gets stabbed with that long it's it's actually a an amputation like okay knife and it was m- most m- most notably known because of what Jack the Ripper apparently used to use. But when he's standing there in the caves of of Baphomet and and he's standing there with this steel through his chest, he's like get the knife out of me. I'm like that that's a fucking short sword. That's not a knife. Well, he can only see one end of it, to be fair. <laughs> what was the playing card about? I'm sorry, what? When he stabs him in the chest, he was yeah, just talking about Yeah, I noticed that, too. There was like a playing card right on his chest. I've never known. There's I no couldn't really find anything it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it was really... And she even takes it off and throws it down. Well, he does, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he pulls it out. The, oh, the thing is still there. Yeah. And he goes... Yeah, I didn't know if it, was, if it was like... Is that a reference to something I should know? I don't it could have been the guy's been... calling card. If he had one, but he didn't really have it one. It wasn't previously yeah. referenced. I thought it might have just been like a, a squib, you know, that they didn't, or what they put the eleven um, million dollars. The blade somewhere. They put the blade <laughs> on the other side, and they just. Oh wait, maybe we'll just take that off and throw it. No one will ever notice. No, Monsters often card. play cards. Okay. Yeah. Um, the shrink did have one good line. What was that? As he goes in to unfold him in front of the cops. Of course, I believe you. He's got a gun. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty good. No, he didn't. He was gamer logic. He didn't. He didn't say it well. But where's it was his an gun? Excellent line. Where's his gun? I don't know. He was reaching for something. Like yeah, yeah that's gamer logic. Um, 
as a as a bartender, I mean, I imagine like when soldiers watch action movies, they get pissed off. When doctors watch Scrubs, they get pissed off. But when Matthew, a bartender, watches somebody a bar scene, he gets pissed off. Why? What? What? Tell us about why. I don't know. What beer are you drinking there? Draft. Yeah. <laughs> or is, is are you drinking can or is it actually a name? Well, yeah. <laughs> I actually like that she at least said draft and not That's, just a beer. I hate that every yeah. time I see it. Every time it happens, it's because they don't have the the lights or the, whatever the authority to say the name of. They any absolutely kind of beer did. Company. The uh, the fucking the the product placement was all over it. The coasters were Budweiser. There's a Bud sign in all the shots. It's not like they took that away. That's true. I just, I mean, and the guy was obviously an actor because he served two inches of head and then another inch and a half of empty glass <laughs> above it. I'm like. I would get that thrown at me if I tried to serve that at somebody. You should do that the next time you work and see what happens. No. <laughs> I don't want it thrown at me. Pints hurt. No, I'm, I'm sick of that. What do you want? Draft? Because we get that. Because w- when a kid is like 21, 22, comes into the bar first time. Has no experience. Has no idea what leveled. they're ordering. He just leveled up but has no experience. Yeah, I mean, they, or- said, this they is order going- things like uh, white Russians or what was it you drink? I'm just teasing you. (laughs) I I will say this, and this goes back to you and I talking about coming from a territory where people had this kind of weapons. I grew up in a type of area where bars had one beer on tap. Yeah, but he reached to the middle of a whole Budweiser, Miller, or Michelob. And you go to a bar, and that's what you drink. Nah, even the worst has two. Even the worst. You need to go to Alabama sometime, my friend. Nah, not ever. (laughs) Alabama's not my place. That bar... In that movie, would have had more than one. They did. He yeah. reached into the middle of like nine taps, ah. which is apparently the only working one with draft. draft. Well, it's the heady one. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Maybe it was just Miller Genuine Draft. Don't make excuses for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> All right, so what do, you, what do you have on, what else do you have on this that you liked or did not like? This movie? It was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, there were parts where I was extremely bored, but there were parts where I actually laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there were a few. Uh, mainly uh, the uh, the dreadheaded guy. His lines were were pretty good. Th- you're talking about the monster who yeah, transformed yeah, yeah. into the beast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was yeah. really good. He was all right. Begin with a P. I can't remember. I want to say. Mm. Uh, the TNA anyway, took yeah. too long. The TNA took too long. I wanted to see. So I really loved the intro sequence mm-hmm. where the title was going across the screen. Yeah. And through the letters, you see all the different monsters doing yeah. some cool ass shit. That shit is cool. And it's one of those things where you really want each of those monsters to feature more heavily in the movie. Because the first half of the movie is really just Boone being Also, lame. was it just me or were those bitch monsters? Well, not all of them. Most of them. Most of them were just people who had monstrous traits because. They do flash back to when Boone gets that vision of the way things yeah, yeah. used to be. Because most of those would be defenseless people that were just like monster monsters. They're people, but they're Deformed, monsters. Yeah. But they don't really have monstrous powers. But I mean, it's it like was like watch, werewolves you, it's and like vampires in the Marvel universe. too. But I mean, all of them were just like, you figure one, one real solid vampire at night can take out six trucks of rednecks. One. Yeah. But a lot of them were just defenseless. A lot of them were people whose their mutant power was, I weep. Or, <laughs> you know, their their monster power was, I have a fat foot. Yeah. Or something. Like they had, there was a lot of people there that counted as monsters, but really were just people trying to live their lives underground. 
Now, the Berserkers, they fucked some shit up. But that said, they weren't the only ones. Like, Porcupine Tits, Dread Monster. His name yeah. was Peloquin. Peloquin. Yes. Peloquin, the, the biter, the mm-hmm. one yeah, who yeah. brought the prophecy to life. So Peloquin yeah, was, it up for everybody. was my favorite. But chubby dude with the tentacles coming out of his oozing pus sacks. Yeah, he yeah. was pretty good. He was he was hilarious. Was he, was, I, he was really excited. I, I like the guy that was hanging out with him. The yeah. one with the horns. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black. The like, Darth Maul. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Darth Maul, Darth Maul. Sorry. Yeah. They yeah, they were all uh the ones who actually decided like yeah, we're gonna come out and kick some ass. They were yeah. cool. And those would be the player characters. Yeah, and that actually goes into where I'm going when we get into the game. All in all, I mean, it was all right. It's certainly nowhere on my radar. I'll doubt I'll ever watch it again. But, you know, it was yeah, all right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have the raw contempt that you have for it. <laughs> is, it is it apparent? <laughs> oh, that's okay, man. I mean, we disagree. At least yeah. I'm not trying to defend the villain in this one. Um, so, because the villain was strangely uncompelling. <laughs> he was quite uncompelling, yeah. And, yeah. which is strange because Cronenberg is so good at directing terror and horror that he himself could not You know, play. there was not a single, even a jump yeah. scare in here. That I know. Me. There was nothing scary here. It I think you would have had to be young to be scared by this. I was never scared by this movie. And right. I think that's why I liked it so much. Because when I was a kid, I didn't like horror, but I liked the macabre. But it wasn't It wasn't funny enough to be an Army of Darkness or an Evil Dead or a Tucker and Dale. It was more or... special effects. Like, th- this was definitely You think it was more, more of a showcase? This is going to cost us $10 million to... I think so. Like, did you ever see Dog Soldiers? No. It's a really good one. It is a 100% physical special effects werewolf movie. Uh-huh. I think it's only got like eight people in a cast. It's like a military unit gets converted to werewolves in the wilderness. Oh, I'd or, watch that. Why didn't I watch that? a <laughs> fucking amazing movie. And it, again, kind of like The Thing, it is 100% physical effect. Right. And I think this movie is that same kind of vessel. Like, we have this amount of money. We're going to spend all this stuff on Tom Savini level kind of special effects and makeup and really cool prosthetics. Like yeah. some of the transformations were cool. Boone's transformation was always done on like a I it actually was liked his it, his it, 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 uh, re- swirly thing. I'm just not sure what kind cool. of monster he was supposed to be. Eloquent's transformation was fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, Boone kind of to me the 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 whole exchange for for Boone it was apparent to me that like Joss Whedon kind of took a note from that when he would have his vampires Change. They kind of did the same thing. When I first saw Buffy, I was just like, "What is this Nightbreed, the TV show?" Because all the vampires looked exactly like these monsters. Yeah. What did you think about Moonhead guy? Oh, he was all right. Mac tonight. Is yeah, yeah. Always yeah he him. was the Mac, that. That's why I kept laughing when I <laughs> see him. Saw him. That was reminded of the McDonald's Mac tonight. I just wonder what. Oh shit! I haven't thought of that in like thirty years. <laughs> Yeah, remember those commercials? Him oh God, up? those were awful. Yep. Yeah, Moonhead. I think guy. we should add. We should add <laughs> of one of those commercials Mac to tonight. the page. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Moonhead guy. I don't know what his power was. Jessica, have you ever seen him? All right, we'll show you. After. We'll show you when we take a break. They're hilarious. It's just a bunch of old McDonald's commercials. Yeah. Like, with a guy with a crescent moon on his head. <laughs> Mac tonight. Anyway, oh God. Okay, before we be- turn this into a McDonald's commercial, YouTube o'clock. <laughs> do you have anything else, Matthew? Yeah. I know Dusty's tired of talking about this movie, but you got any any <laughs> last words, Matthew? Any last thoughts? Any things that you haven't mentioned yet? Unless you're a film student, don't bother. A film student could definitely take heed from this movie. Yeah, what they did with the budget they had, 
was good. But but the eleven million dollars for other movies, even around the same time, did so much more. I think you cherry picked the best. The movies that you mentioned, except there are, the there are like which is awful. there are like thirty movies yeah. that I could have picked from, and I picked uh, ones that I knew that I, I always pick ones that I know we've all probably. Here's seen. the thing: when when you're doing horror, you have a special effects house in house, and I think what this was was proving Clive Barker, Clive, yeah, Clive Barker, Owen, whoever the fuck, uh, very different people. people. <laughs> Proving what their special effects house could do. Okay, all right. And I, I could see it as that. If you're a film student, this is probably an actually a movie you should see. Or if you're interested in film in some way, I thought it was okay. You know, it it didn't it didn't really impinge on me in any way, shape, or form. It's it's very apparent that this episode is is you and I on the eh side, and Nathaniel's like the on the I love this movie side. No, no, Matthew's the only one on the S side. Yeah, you, you are you, yeah, quite. I mean, oh. I, I, th- this is an acceptable movie. Okay, for 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 what their budget was and for the time, it was acceptable. There is there. I've seen way worse. Yeah, and I've seen way better. Yeah, this was a middle of the road end. Okay. I've seen way better movies too. This yeah. one is just it's you like heart. it probably because yeah. of when you saw it. Yeah, it's dark and it holds nostalgia for you. Okay, and you think <laughs> that it has done something to your mother and you need <laughs> vengeance or something. I don't know. So on that note, uh, we're going to come back very take a break <laughs> in a minute and we're not going to talk about doing things to our mothers. We're going to talk about gaming. It's going to be All right, great. all right, all right. But when you do the playback, remember, there's been a few comments about my mother on this one. So is that the one that broke the camel's back? I don't know, man. Would your mom like this game or this movie? No. No. Okay. My, my mom actually likes like art films. <laughs> Babette's Feast from Italy about a young woman in a village who feeds their village when she gets the, the I, lottery. I gave my mom Cabin in the Woods and said, this is a great movie. You should watch it. She came, She called me after she watched it. like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, that was a good movie. Corbin, Corbin, <laughs> why you make me do these things, Corbin? <laughs> I never should have pushed you out. <laughs> All right. And We're taking a break. Hello, listeners. This is Dusty. Thank you for checking in. And I am your co-host with arguably the better voice out of the three of us. This week's episode is brought to you by Guardian Games, who we are proud to have as our sponsor. Guardian Games is Portland's largest gaming store where they have almost every game you can think of, be it role-playing, board games, card, mini, even video games. They also have a ton of gaming-related material and swag. And if you're over 21... Have a drink in the back at the Critical Sip. They have a fantastic and incredibly knowledgeable staff, and they are the hub of a very diverse and friendly gaming community. Check out Guardian Games when you can. You will not be disappointed. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Really sad that there's no old granddad here tonight. It's kind of a tradition. We'll make up for it next week. We'll need it since we're, you know, yeah, we'll need it. Yeah, we're going to need it. Yeah, no spoilers. I know. That's we'll need it because we're conducting surgery, unlicensed surgery, and we need yeah. no, painkillers. It's just because we're opening a portal, and we're going to need it for all those Cronenbergs we're going to see. Hey, well, we already saw one. <laughs> he wasn't that impressive, apparently. No. Yeah, that was one too many. So we are back from our break and talking about a movie that apparently not everybody was as into as I am. And I'll be honest, when I was rewatching it recently, I was totally into it 
but I did have this nagging thought that they've never seen it. They're not actually going to like this movie that much. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a little bad about it, but then I was enjoying the movie. So, <laughs> whatever. I think earlier you had told me that you were thinking about this. And he's like, yeah, they're not going to like it because they're... What was that word that you used? I don't remember. What okay. word did I use? Obnoxious movie snobs. Yeah, that, something along those lines. I don't remember <laughs> ever saying that you were obnoxious movie snobs. Oh, wait, snobs. was that me? <laughs> <laughs> Or Tell us how you say. really feel, Matthew. <laughs> I, would, would you do it, Dusty? I'm afraid I can't do it. It was all right. I do have a, a pretty decent campaign set up. For Let's this go ahead right into it. Tell okay. us about it, Matthew. Well, it's two parts. Uh, the first series of the campaign, which should last, assuming a weekly game of about five to six hours, mm-hmm. I would say this is a good three months, and then you could probably get another three months out of it. It would be uh, Meridian Rising. Midian. Midian Whatever. Rising. Meridian <laughs> was the game that we talked about. Oh, right, the... right. Midian Rising and, uh, <laughs> was it Baphomet? Baphomet? Yeah, that's how they pronounced it, yeah. Is, is that correct? No. You no, no, should no, no, not no. ask us how to pronounce it. I should things. ask you because that's in like 55,000 role-playing games. I've only ever gone with what they pronou- how they pronounce it, it's, it in it's this Baphomet. movie. And it's they Baphomet. Say Baphomet. Yeah, it's Baphomet. I, I, thought it was, yeah. I thought there was a T in it, too. Okay. The second part is called Baphomet Ascendant. Yeah. All right. The Meridian Rising portion. The la- whatever. <laughs> Get it straight. I will do no such thing. The uh, the last stronghold of the Nightbreed has fallen before the vicious rampaging of humans. Cabal, Boone, must do many things in order to accomplish his goals, which are to you know lead them safely. He has become the de facto leader with the death of uh, the guy with the red eyes and then all the eyes and the slits in his face. Yeah, yeah he's become Moses, basically. Yeah, bargain basement Moses. <laughs> uh, he has to. Find a new safe harbor for the remaining Nightbreed. He has to install Baphomet there safely. Uh, he has to rebuild the physical body of Baphomet. He, uh, he has to maintain the secrecy of the new stronghold against human incursion. And he has to spread the powers of the Nightbreed. This is a half dozen side quests on your ma- main main quest in a video game. I Every like tabletop RPG no, that, has that, a lot of side that's, quests. That's how you establish yeah. a new nation. I know. I, yeah. I like it, though. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your sheet of paper. And I'm like, this is like side quests in... in like Borderlands. No, no, no. A side quest is in order to get the knife plus two, you have to bring me <laughs> 16 squirrel pelts. And you're like, why? What do squirrels have to do with blacksmithing? <laughs> and apparently it's very important. So to spread the power of the Nightbreed, there, there's things you, you have to do for that. Mm-hmm. You basically convert humans, right? We have seen that this can be transmitted by a bite, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, actually. I was about and to he's say, still yeah, alive, right? There was right? only one bite. That, no, no there, there was, was two. two bites. Yeah. I think that only happens in the extended And then edition, he but yes. bit her. Yeah. And then she. So the theory is that at least he can do it. The reason that... There is a pe- method of propagation Peliquin of powers. Peliquin did not know that he could do it. And then realized that he was fulfilling a prophecy. So I think that there was established that they did not know that they could make monsters with just biting them. I think that he was a special case, but now he it's has It's safe the to assume that now they know, though. Yeah. Okay. So how do you establish yourself? Well, you convert humans, right? You, you wouldn't want to go further than the local town, right? Well, I, they all have guns. Well, you better control the local town then, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just to stay on the safe side. It doesn't have to be a big town. Let's remember, this takes place in Canada. Yeah. So, Well, the first thing you do is all those rednecks that you just killed that are all upstairs and dead, take all their guns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. When you have a town seize, I think it would be safe, safe enough to go about and start looking for, I think they're physical pieces of your god that you're missing. They carry some of them out yeah. with them when they were leaving. But so the they, god does you, you say can you reassemble those. 
And the rest are probably lost in various temples and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I could see a series of quests aimed at that. There's probably one in a museum, one yeah. in a private collection. It belongs in a museum. One in an evidence locker somewhere. So do you. Uh, I suppose the next step would be a major city, say like Ottawa. I mean, it is Canada. The U.S. is not going to notice if Canadians are acting weird and secretive. This is true. Yeah. All right. I suppose you could take the whole territory. I mean, no All one's right. going to notice. What's uh, what's the capital of the Northwest Territory? It's huge. It's bigger than the West Coast. Yeah. Nope. No idea. Nope. Quebec is another territory. Hey. I really don't know what those capitals <laughs> yeah. are. It's about the size of Troutdale. I broke down there two weeks. <laughs> For two <laughs> weeks once. Yeah, it's tiny. Um, so you could, you could take the territory over with your Nightbreed, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, of size of of course, though, then, yeah. it's, then it's just a, a quick march to the capital, and it's Canada. So, I mean, They're going to be nice yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Well, then you're all spread along the border, and as long as you can keep making things. I see a campaign where the Nightbreed is finally sick of humanity's shit. I see a campaign where they are tired of being slaughtered at whim for being different by vicious gangs of redneck humans. Yeah, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I, I see a campaign where they are going to reestablish their god and convert humans to Nightbreed. Okay. Now, like I said, a lot of this, it would be finding a new safe harbor. You're still hunted. Mm-hmm. The uh, rednecks did escape. You have to get out, and you have to take your people and your god and your supplies, and your new leader has to figure out where the hell you're going. Now, you will not be playing him. Uh, Boone and Lori will be NPCs controlled by the DM. Abs- definitely. They're too powerful. The PCs can be any of a variety of mythological beings, though. It would be at the DM's discretion as porcupine to what you tits. want. Porcupine tits. <laughs> porcupine tits, vampires. Um, it's safe to say that they escaped the uh, the destruction of Midian. Yeah, you're correct. Midian. Yay, I got it right. Yeah, you're, you're right this With time. Boone. Well, it does show a bunch of them waiting in a, where, in a barn at the yeah. end. Just waiting. Uh, he will use them to accomplish his goals, sending them on missions. And the Nightbreed is absolutely done with humanity and needs to start taking them over. And that's my idea. I like it. Yeah, so do I. It's good That's stuff. a really cool idea. Yeah. They have to also deal with the fact that they let those berserkers loose. Now they need Ooh, to... Oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clean they need up. to figure out how to either capture them, stop them, or something else. Or aim them. Or aim them. The berserkers did not seem to be focused on attacking any of the night breeds. That was good. You notice that they look like that, that species of ape that has the, the big cheeks that go forward like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe like, they're monster may, apes. May, yeah, maybe if like the night breed are human base, that the berserkers are giant ape base. That's what I was getting off of it. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So I have a game I want to talk about. What you got? I got to admit, I specifically put this movie on the roster to talk about this game. Mm-hmm. This game is one of my favorite games ever. ICPA. L-L-A-D-I-U-M. <laughs> it is a Palladium game. Yay! I know this one. The game is called Nightbane. Oh, yeah. Look at that beautiful Brom cover yeah. there. Nightbane yeah. is a game about humans who become monsters. Yeah, this is part of the Beyond the Supernatural era. Kind of. More yeah. or less the same era. Same mechanics. Here's a really cool notice that Nightbane wasn't always called Nightbane when it came out. Initially, the very first run was called Night Spawn. Ooh, pretty. And Image Comics decided to wage suit against them because the name was too similar to their comic book, Spawn. That is close in timeline of release. So they changed it to Nightbane. All right. I have both copies. I'm excited. Nightbane has a prolific series of books 
which extend, and I don't even have them all, but Nightbane is fucking amazing. Nightbane, again, we talk about Palladium a lot. This is essentially the Palladium fan podcast plus Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm the one that's like, uh, about, about this system. I the whole mythology less. behind Nightbane is that one day in the 1990s, the sky turned black in the middle of the day. And for 24 hours, the sky was nothing but pitch black. And they call it the dark day. And then everything went back to normal. Nobody knew what happened, and people stopped talking about it. The news referred to it as like a collective hallucination. There were all different kind of Fox News explanations for what happened. And everything went back to normal. However, the world, even before the dark day, but definitely during the dark day when portals were open where no one saw them, Monsters came through from a place called the Nightlands, mm -hmm. and the monsters took over the world. Humanity has no understanding of how deep it goes, but it's all behind the scenes. I kind of hinted at this in, our, I think, our last episode. What if the apocalypse had already happened mm -hmm. and nobody knew? Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. This is the setting. This is the game that I was talking about, where the apocalypse was done and over, and had already happened, and humanity was none the wiser. Now, the setting is not 100% similar to the setting presented in the movie Nightbreed, but the characters are. Your characters, there's a number of ways that you can approach the game, but traditionally, the standard Nightbane game involves people who don't even know that they are monsters. Finding out through some kind of an awakening moment. Maybe they have dreams that lure them to a special place. Maybe something... Buses under pressure. Yeah, maybe they explode under pressure. Maybe they get hit by a bus and suddenly they wake up and like, how am I alike? Or why am I still alive? And why do I have these wings growing out of my back? Mm -hmm. But the best part is that your monster form is 100% randomly generated. You don't <laughs> really know what kind of monster you're going to be. Now... Sure, you can be one of those power gaming groups that just looks down the charts and picks the best combination yeah, which of is things. What most of my friends, but no, been. dude, no, dude. Today, you're gonna take these books and you're gonna get some notepad paper, mm -hmm. and we're gonna randomly roll you guys up some fucking monsters. These are gonna be the monsters that Matthew and Dusty will transform into on Dark Day. See, this is Palladium, so. <laughs> <laughs> After I move past the weird psychoses and yeah, the alignment, yeah, yeah. is it before skill descriptions? Uh, it starts oh, yes. creating oh, yes. the night bane. It starts on page ninety-two. Jesus Christ! So you have you like the night breed have a monster form called your Morphus. Randomly roll on a series of <laughs> descending tables. Now the expansion books add more tables and replace them so that you can actually more go, tables. You can go full night bane in crazy awesome ways. But we're just going to go with the basic stuff here. Start with the appearance table. Roll on it. Big money, big money, no whammy. I didn't uh, get a higher low. Uh, sixty. So, so did you get it wrong? Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. So I pulled a sixty. So I am a lycanthrope. All right. What does it say? The Nightbane's Morphus is a mixture of animal and humanoid traits. Roll one of the animal form table. Okay, animal form table. We're going to start with Dusty. So you, you're writing I yours down. Also. We'll do Dusty's live. All right, Dusty, what's the next roll? Animal form. 93. 93. 
equine, bovine, or deer <laughs> includes not only horses and cows, but all kinds of hoofed plant eaters such as goats, deer, antelope, zebras, etc. Roll on the equine, bovine, deer table. Yes, listeners, there's an <laughs> equine, bovine, deer table. Let's see if we can find it now. Here we go. God, please let it be a cow. 43. Where cow? Uh, yes. Half man, half animal, where animal, minotaur. You're a where cow. The character has the basic bipedal sh- shape of a muscle-bound human, but is covered with fur, has hoofed or cloven feet, a tail, and the head of a horse, bull, deer, or sim- similar animal. The bull is the traditional minotaur of myth and legend. Bonus plus six. To PS, plus two to PP, yeah, plus blah, four blah, to PE, blah, 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 blah. You're wicked strong and wicked tough. Yeah. So, And you digest through three stomachs. Yep. Okay. Well, that was pretty simple. Yeah. Congratulations. You turn into a, a half a, deer. A half deer or <laughs> bear or, no, not bear. Uh, nope. Or boar. You know, equine, bovine, porcine, I think. I'll, 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 I'll go with a, a oh, werebore. 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 Right. A big old werebore. We also rolled lycanthrope. Okay. And we are reptilian. Oh. And we are going to go ahead and roll on the reptilian table with a 21. We are a were-reptile, a bipedal mixture of man and reptile, with the reptilian features predominating. I'm Killer Croc. Yeah. Uh, The head is fully animal-like, and the arms and legs are underdeveloped, but incredibly strong and tipped with razor-sharp claws, a variety of bonuses. Uh, 1d4 horror factor. Nice. It can get way more complicated than that. You can get into strange shapes where you have to roll separately to determine what each of your limbs are or each of your extra limbs. Like tentacles coming out of your belly. You can have eight spider legs coming out of your thigh. You can be a crazy monster just like all of the weird-ass shit that we saw in that movie. Oh, yeah. this This works. Yes. Part of the fun. always works. Whenever I run Nightbane... (laughs) What I love about it is doing it so that the players have no idea what they're going to turn into. But they all know they're going to turn into something. So the game begins and they're like, all right, so they're in these situations and the players keep trying to push themselves. So they get to a point where they reach that awakening, but they don't know when the when yeah, I, yeah. the GM, I'm going to trigger it. So they're like, oh, I'm going to do this stupid thing. It's like, oh, you're not there yet. A DM pulled something like that on me, but they did it in stages. Mm. Like <laughs> you pop a limb or your head changes. Oh, it's I mean, so it's, good. So you're basically like district nining it, right? Sure. You haven't seen that movie? Do I have to say I haven't seen it again, or can we just take it as That's granted fine, I haven't? Okay. <laughs> but you also get to roll in strange nightbane powers and that you can grow over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I ran this game we had the the players all decided that they were in a punk rock band. They are all members of a punk rock band and they even had a pet uh, Rottweiler who mm-hmm. eventually, much later in the campaign, Rottweiler, the Rottweiler Bronson survived long enough that we gave the Rottweiler night pain powers. <laughs> he earned them at that point. But they each transformed into different things, and some of them were really fucked up. My favorite one was the drummer who was, uh, he transformed into like this eight-armed bear spider so that he could drum really well. I was going to say, so a drummer. Yeah. But he could also turn into energy and travel telephone lines. That was his power. Travel telephone lines. Nightbane creates these situations where you don't know what you're going to be until that time. And the yeah. GM's like, 
roll percentile, my friend. And suddenly that glee hits you like, ooh, it's my turn. <laughs> what am I going to be? Oh, I'm right. a fish. <laughs> Literally, a fish. <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> so, okay, so as a GM running that, have you, would, will you let someone re roll? Like if you turned out oh, to be absolutely a goldfish, not. you'd be like, re roll. Depends. Yeah. I'm of the fan of a many kind of old school games where the dice fall where they yeah, the, dice the rule where stand they fall. is written. Okay, but I've become soft in my older years. I sometimes will give one free reroll, just one. Mm-hmm. Use well, it. That's why you bring snacks. Use it wisely. <laughs> if you bring snacks, you're more likely to get that. You know, re-roll. when I was younger, I would give bonus XP to people yep. that fed me. So yeah, thank you, Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, no, I would we run. used to do that in, in, in every game. So that would so we were real real quick, we were running a, a Star Wars West End game session and the GM said, Yeah, whoever brings like a bag of um smart food popcorn will get like five XP points but you know for the end of the night. Everyone there was like eight of us, I think, playing that game. Oh my god. There were eight bags of smart food popcorn <laughs> every session. I once played in a game. <laughs> With a killer DM, and I just walked into the game and handed him twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I walk you, in, I'm like twenty dollars. I want some XP. He goes, you have it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I my character died like two sessions later. But whatever. Yeah, I I, uh, I I am dice fall where they may, but I also believe in like the zone. Like I don't expect you to chase that die under the bed and read it there. Oh no, no, no it no, has no. to be on the on, on the, the table. On, on the table. Yeah. On the table. Not a cocked, cocked die is a reroll. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I have a dice tray that I frequently will use, and when we do our videos, I never have a table big enough to have all that apparat. Yeah. You know, but I, mean, I like for seeing... behind the screen. That's one thing, especially for the DM. Totally. Yeah. But if each player has that, then the uh, the DRZ gets too big. I, I like watching the dice roll across the table because it just it adds a little bit of excitement. Like, ooh, what's it going to roll on? And, but if it hits a book or if it's off kilter, it's re-roll. goes on the floor. As a GM, I roll all my dice out in the open. I never fudge dice rolls. I want the players to see how well I'm doing and how horrible they're dying. I never pull punches. I always do what the characters would do at the time. Like, my NPCs have an agenda and they're going to do it like i'm going to if i put a monster there for you to fight it's not just going to like pull its punches and whittle your hit points down to one no, that monster wants to, to fucking try and kill, kill you. you yeah it's a monster <laughs> that word means a thing yeah. and it is one so nightbane your characters are monsters some people embrace it some people are like this is my true form others reject it and refuse to shift into their morphous and try and fight it off Oh, God, no. Yeah. Mm. You guys both know Vince, right? Yeah. yeah. Vince played a half-orc once. I can see that. It was typecasting. <laughs> I, he, he played Vince. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Vince is kind of a softie, though. You could, I guess, eh. <laughs> he's, he's really not. He's just saying that to get your buddy no. or to get you in bed. I <laughs> don't think. Jessica almost Vince. just nosed her drink. We got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I had a I had a buddy of mine that that he had never played D and D three five, so we were setting up a three five session. That is my favorite. We were setting up a three five session. Uh, I was playing uh, whatever the feat class was for dwarven, so I was a dwarven shield. Uh, everybody was playing some, but he had never played, so it was the first time he played like a half orc barbarian. Now to look at look at my buddy Patrick. 
you would never ever think that he would play something like that and he owned it like it was the only thing he ever owned in his life and it was amazing to see this like tiny guy just completely go into a barbarian rage in my living room and I play love it. it up. It was amazing. I love it when players. Well, that's like, what make the sessions make the that stick with you for your life. Mm-hmm. Though, the yeah. ones that you remember is how well people commit to the role they're playing. Yeah. I also had a guy who had no idea how to play a druid, <laughs> and just <laughs> you know it was the final battle. He had no idea what to do, so he turned into a tree. Oh dear lord! He just <laughs> and that was that. So this game, like you just look at it, except for this crappy cover. That, that's a bad one. The rest <laughs> of this, the artwork, just look at it. Like it's oh, it's it's yeah, it's Palladium. great. Absolutely it's one of the that. reasons to love yeah. Palladium. It's I really, for me, it's the only reason to like Palladium. Sorry, I'm not a Palladium fan. I don't think you just. I just don't think you've had the right DM for it. Yeah, I. GM, I would yeah. like to try it because I think you're yeah. right. But the experience. Well, the I've first had taste is free, but after that, you got to pay. Yeah, that's but fine. don't worry. As with most Palladium, it's only five dollars a book. Oh, we and 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 then we have our our sponsor discount too. So, yeah. I'm just <laughs> but this series to me is this is my favorite thing Palladium has ever done. Is Nightbane. Agree to disagree, but this is good. I've I've noticed the, through the, these before. I love so much of what Palladium has done, but Nightbane speaks to me. Brahms' artwork mm-hmm. on the first book, like that. She might as well be porcupine tits. Like this, what, what is up with this guy? And That's the that guy pissing. and this. Oh God! Just I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's first rate. Um, here's the thing: Palladium in the hands of someone who knows it is an amazing, amazing time. Mm-hmm. Palladium in the hands of someone who's flipped through it is just a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to getting into a Palladium system, but I'd be careful. I'd be apprehensive. The first taste is free, (laughs) but yeah, Mama didn't raise no quitters. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I I full heartedly agree. I don't I don't have a better option than that. I don't think a better option exists. No, No, I know the the setting is pretty deep, and all of the expansion books go into different. I've seen the Lightbringers. There's like uh, the Dream World. Five more books. Yeah. I, I'm missing, I think, two of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm missing two of them. They had a... a and the a Rifter. Gazetteer, yeah, yeah, the Rifter well, series I mean, with it. The artwork, to me, on this, it, it it's not so much Nightbreed. It kind of looks like Cenobites, the game. You mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, just this and this the is, brawn and... Yeah, this it's is like Clive Cenobites, Barker, the, I know, the I, game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like Cenobites, the game. I I'm pretty sure that they took... Just the, the well, this is also CJ Carella mm-hmm. who does a lot of other stuff. He did the Witchcraft game, he's done his, he's since broken away from Palladium and done his own series of games. He's a really good designer and a fantastic writer. I think he was probably one of the most talented people under the Palladium wing at the time. And that's the thing is that Palladium has always been amazing at world building, yes. I mean, just. To, to a degree you will not see in any other game. Okay. They're like, here, take a Jenga tower, or here, we're doing this with cards. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's we'll... nothing on the world, the depth, and the interplay of forces within a world that borders on the near-realistic. Okay. Yes. I mean, it is, it is a fabulously executed, well-designed world every time they put something out. Okay. Uh, something... And th- therein lies the charm. Something else about it is you don't actually have to play the Nightbane. Mm-hmm. 
You can play any kind of assistant characters, FBI agents, people of the Spook Squad, these weird mythical angels called Lightbringers. You can play people from the dream world who travel around. You can play mages. You can play all kind of other weird, dark, modern, urban horror caricatures. Because Palladium, you know, it's a Palladium book. It's got like 10 new character classes in every one kind of stuff. But they're all really fucking cool. None of them are as cool as the actual Nightbane. Right. Okay. None of them lack that same fun of rolling up who you are, of learning the powers, of exploring what it is to be a human monster. It's fucking amazing. While all of my friends were playing Vampire, I was playing Nightbane. Fuck them all. Yeah, I played Vampire for a long time. Yeah. I actually just bought the book again today. Someone vamp- absconded with mine. That fucker. Well, the yeah. vampire or the vampire the masquerade? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I threw Night a werewolf Bane. book for $2.50. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that this is going to win. I'd be surprised if it even gets a single vote. But, god damn, I would love to run this. No, it's it's I, out of the series. I I, I, I think I'm what? pretty sure what, what I know will win. Yeah. What's your thought? I think it's going to be Cabin in the Woods. Well, we'll see. It'll win. I'm excited about this one because this is a traditional... Cabin in the Woods with Cannibal Contagion would be so fun to run. <laughs> this this is a traditional yeah. game, though. This is No, yeah, I get that. And which is not a direction we go in often. Ex- well, we <laughs> this is our second big Palladium game. We're, again... We're suck it, D&D. Suck it, D&D. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't think of a movie that D&D would be good for. D&D? And yeah, I don't even think D&D would be good for the D&D movie. Beastmaster. Conan. No, Conan, there's yeah. way better Conan games than D and D. The actual Conan licensed games, there's like eight of them. Yeah, but they're over not the years. good. I've, I've oh no, the, the newer ones are actually really good. Are they? The worst one is the D and D one. I know. <laughs> it's like I can't think of any movie that D and D would actually be good for, except maybe like Monsters. No, not even Monster Squad. There's better. For no, Monster um, Squad. I mean, if you go for one of the the knockoffs like Crawl. Or um, yeah, some player. of those, like Beastmaster there kind of... There are better sword and sorcery games. There are actual games that seek to emulate the sword and sorcery genre, whereas D&D was more of a war game. It was spawned by... I would I would play the Lord yeah. of the Rings in D&D before I'd go for Merp. I would use the Lord of the Rings role-playing game. Not uh, Merp? No, uh, The One Ring. I've never read that one. It's fucking amazing. Because Merp was Merp. Merp was awful. I would not do a class level system for D from Lord of, Lord of the Rings because you're gonna play with Aragorn, who's like a level thirty nine ranger. No, then, no, <laughs> he's he's like a, he's like a level eight, level Dude, nine. Just like look to the ground. There was a hobbit. There was a fight here. There was a thing that happened here. There's a thing that's happening here. We're going this way. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aragorn has like plus three hundred in his spot skill. Well, I mean, he's min max. Yeah, seriously, but you got to have some chops. Like to get wh- to wherever, that point. wherever personal cleanliness goes, he took Honestly, none of that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think D and D would work for much of anything. So it will be rarely mentioned. More likely will be things like we've talked about D twenty modern. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not bitching. I love that we are doing Palladium more than D and D. That's my jam. There are. A good number of D20-based systems that will come in, a, a number of licensed properties on the D20 system that would actually probably be perfect for whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But straight up Dungeons and Dragons, and, until they make like a Fawford and the Grey Mouser movie, I don't really think we're going to... 
Uh, there's a yeah. there's a Lankmar role playing game that's way better. I know. <laughs> See, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a dozen different yeah. licensed Lankmar games for other or settings for other games. There's one. For there, there are Worlds. there there are books yeah. that D and D works for. Fantastic. That it would it would just be perfect for. Uh, they're called uh, uh, Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms. <laughs> oh yeah, Dragonlance. Yeah. Now you got my ears. But uh, up. I, honestly, I, I I see what you're saying with that. There is it, it actually doesn't exist. I'd say at least half the games on my gaming shelf won't fit anything because they're just too classic. Yeah. You know, and all that classic stuff is based more on novels than it is movies. Yeah. That being said, still a lot of fun to play. Yeah. I was oh wait, John Carter? No. Not John Carter because it's a goddamn John Carter role playing game. So it's like, uh, <laughs> I can't think. Were of you anything. gonna do like a Barsoom thing? Yeah. If there, there listeners, a, yeah, if you there, have an idea, there of a is movie a Barsoom. That, there, there's, there's a dozen or more different kind of what it's called. Sword and Planet is mm-hmm. the genre. Sword and Sorcery, which is you know Sorcerer mm-hmm. in the White. I want to write a stuff. Thought. But then Sword and Planet is like John Carter going to Mars. There's a dozen games or more yeah. like that. Hornet so, listeners, Hoppers. if you have an idea of a movie that you think D&D would actually work for, let us know. I think we're drawing a blank. But for this, Nightbane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's a wrap then. So, we have uh, Nightbane and Nightbreed. Works very well. Yeah. yeah. It, it's even catchy. That works for me. Well, uh, any other questions before we throw this down the chute? I think it would be almost criminal, though, not to do uh, the D&D movies. Like at some I, point, I at some point, we're gonna have to we, we, bite we, the yeah. bullet and do those fucking movies. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in the same month that we do Waterworld. Yeah, you like that? Oh damn, that movie we're not join me do. on this. Let's oh, overpower damn. him. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll join you. On I know. That a one. Do we have to have, do Waterworld? A number of our listeners have requested it only because we mentioned that we weren't going to do it. I want our listeners oh, to start it, posting on I, our Facebook page some of this because I think <laughs> I think you're just lying. Yeah, I, I think you're making this up. That's rude. I'm just playing with I, you. I think it's on the 60th level of the Discord server that only you see through your <laughs> special decoder ring. You also <laughs> talk on the Discord server, too. Yeah, yeah, I do. By the way, we have a Discord server. It's actually got some activity from, like, three people. But they're very active. <laughs> they, they really are. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the only reason I was on there is because I was like, oh, it's been a... No one's respond. I should respond to them. But, uh, God, I'm trying to think. There's got to be a movie TNT works for, right? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I got it. What? I got it. Lady got? Hawk. Lady Hawk could. Yeah. But it's not D and D works for Lady Hawk. What about Dragon Slayer? Maybe Dragon Slayer? Your characters on like the first level. Okay. What about Dragon Heart? Because Rutger Hauer oh, in that is is I only totally, oh, is wait, only wait, like wait. sixth level. There's <gasps> I can actually now that I think about it, they're the Mythica series of movies or any of the Aerostorm Entertainment movies. They're all straight, yeah, to, straight video, to video, straight yeah. to Netflix. But they would actually work with D and D. Yeah. In I fact, I'm actually I can't believe I'm not thinking of Mythica. Mythica, I've been binge watching that whole series. I think it's the most accurate representation of a D and D game I've ever seen on, there you on go. movie. When they make a sword out online. You could probably run a D and D session through that horrible movie Gods of Egypt. I've never heard of this. This is a horrible movie. Well, won't be watching it then. <laughs> <laughs> For multiple reasons, it's a horrible movie. I'll be watching it right after Waterworld. It's, incidentally, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for Waterworld, but I'm not going to be nice to that man. That's well, fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care. There's I, a lot. Of, I've, see, I've, I've watched read some the, shit. I've read the, the graphic novel, and that that movie is fucking horrible. Yeah, I've I've watched some shit over the course of of what we've been doing here. I'm I'm getting more injured to it than I used to be. <laughs> I'm down. We can do that. No, we have our list. But we have I'm, our list. I'm just saying we need we, if, need, if, we need to clean our palate keep, a little bit. If, if you keep bothering Nathaniel <laughs> uh, about 
Waterworld, I swear to God, I'll do it. And I will ruin that man. I, I haven't said a goddamn thing about Waterworld since you said please don't anymore. Fuck. No, just him. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you can name the movies. <laughs> the movies are fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if there's demand for it, let's do it. Fuck it. Well, I'll let people know. All right. <laughs> well, I guess they'll know when they hear this episode. Yeah, that's your early goddamn episode. Christmas present. Don't ask yeah, me for yeah. anything else. And if you start talking to us about it, we'll know you've been listening. Ooh. So how that works. You had made comment about little things that stand out in like your D and D sessions. Yeah. So real quick, we had a, a player that was thought he was a good player, a good role player. And so he made this character and we had you know, everybody had met at the you know, the crossed sabers in as you do in every fucking tavern, you know. I wonder what the men's bathroom was like there. <laughs> <laughs> one urinal so you know, yeah. and some places to stand and he was he was <laughs> oh. actually late to the session so we had him you know okay so you're gonna come in and you're gonna have to you know meet everybody instead of being there so he like saunters into my apartment living room like in character walks up and he's totally in character he's like adventurers call me loco wolf <laughs> and that was his name the like the the, the lot of us just start fucking busting up laughing and it was, it was, oh my god, it was horrible. He he never to this day when he like walks in a room and somebody that was there will just say, "Hey, what's up, local wolf?" So and he never <laughs> gamed again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then he found twenty dollars, and all was good. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping this up, we've got Nightbreed and Nightbane, mm-hmm. I or think Nightlands. A, I think it's a good combination. Yeah, all I don't right. think it'll win, but it's a good combination. Yeah, well. Maybe one day, if we ever do B-sides, or if we ever just actually sit and play some freaking games and not record them and just to have fun, I'll put this one in the Oh, I think we should record it just for S&G and put it up. (laughs) Palladium is always a win. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in for this episode. I was Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And we will never see you again. Thanks for listening to another episode of our show. We're a new name in the enormous sea of podcasts and appreciate any feedback that you can send our way. If you like what you've heard, or even if you didn't, please leave us a review and let us know. Got a movie or a game that you want to hear us talk about? Drop us a comment on our website at havemovieswillgame.com or hit us up on any of the usual social networks. We'd love to hear from you. The opening theme music is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids, part of the public domain and found on publicdomain4u.com. Opening narration is provided by Isaac Scher. Half Movies Will Game is distributed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.